You're listening to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, episode number 242. Today we'll read Revelation chapter 4 together. With awe in every line, John describes for us as best he can the throne room in heaven. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me as we simply read God's Word together. Some things require discipline, and sometimes that's just not easy to muster by yourself, no matter how badly you want to do it or how much you know you should. It's just easier to do it with a friend. So refill your coffee or tea, get comfortable in your favorite chair, and follow along as I read aloud. I'm so glad you're here. In 1970, a blockbuster book called The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey came out. It is basically the author's interpretation of what is written in the Bible regarding end times and how then-current events were lining up to indicate the end was near. I was in the seventh grade, and yes, I read it. As you may recall from my testimony, My fear and curiosity about death and what happens afterward drove me to the book of the Revelation and to all things related. Some of the things I read in Lindsay's book have come to mind lately, unbidden. I would be lying if I told you that world events of late, from weather to politics, haven't seemed weird to me. So I'm reading the book again mostly because I'm curious about how a half a century of life has perhaps changed my perspective. Gosh, I hope it has. Admittedly, there's a bit of wonder about whether any of his predictions have come true. I know that he missed predicting the world population hitting 7 billion by about 11 years. All that curiosity aside, Matthew 24.36 is clear. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, except the Father alone. Books such as the late great planet Earth and even the book of the Revelation can leave you hungry to know times and dates. It's not going to happen. Only God knows. What we do know is that we need to be prepared and watching and the first step in fulfilling that obligation is to make sure that you have accepted the free gift of salvation offered by our Lord Jesus Christ. We inherited our sin nature from Adam. Sin entering the world changed everything. God hates sin. He demands a payment for it. Jesus came to be that ultimate payment for our sin. He changed everything. When you admit that you are a sinner and believe that Jesus came to save you from God's judgment of that sin, 
when you ask for forgiveness and commit to living the way Jesus wants you to live, His Holy Spirit will immediately come to reside in you to guide you in this new life. At that same moment, you become a child of God. If you felt that draw to believe, if you prayed that prayer to accept His gift of grace and ask His forgiveness, please let me know so that I can celebrate with you. You can PM me at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can make it public on any of those pages, too. Revelation chapter 4 After this I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on it. The one seated there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian stone. A rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald surrounded the throne. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones sat twenty-four elders dressed in white clothes, with golden crowns on their heads. Flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder came from the throne. Seven fiery torches were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal, was also before the throne. Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back were around the throne on each side. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, 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 Lord God the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. When the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power, because you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So, who do you think the twenty-four elders are? What about those four living creatures? What is symbolized by all those eyes? The term in the Spirit might be new to you, or it might be one of those things you're never quite sure how to define. I know my husband and my pastor would prefer that I use another resource more often, but I like the way John MacArthur defines this. He says, the Holy Spirit empowered his senses to perceive revelation from God. By the way, a carnelian is a fiery, bright ruby stone named after the city near which it was found. And the 24 elders? Well, there's more varying opinions. Some say 
it's the twelve tribes of Israel and the twelve apostles. Others say that interpretation is wrong because Israel hasn't been saved yet. They contend the 24 is a symbol of the redeemed, the overcomers. The four living creatures are apparently supernatural angelic beings who are continually in the presence of God. The eyes can't represent omniscience, all-knowing, because that is an attribute reserved for God alone. But these beings do have comprehensive knowledge and perception, and nothing escapes their scrutiny. The lion symbolizes strength and power. The ox, humble service. The human face, that of rational beings. And the eagle symbolizes the swiftness with which they serve God. Finally, and perhaps my favorite in this chapter, are the crowns of the elders and how they throw them down in front of him who sits on the throne. That will be you and me someday. A crown is being prepared for each of us, and each jewel in those crowns represents a good deed we have done while here on earth. However, when we are actually in the presence of God, knowing that it is only because of His grace that we are there, we will humbly cast our crowns before Him as if any and all good deeds we performed while on earth was a gift back to Him for the indescribable gift He first gave us. Let's pray. Father God, what an awesome day that will be. We look forward with great anticipation to that day when we can gratefully give it all back to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray God will grow in you what has been planted and watered here. In this time of unprecedented struggle worldwide, we can look to God for guidance and comfort. Be sensitive to those in your circle of influence who need a word of encouragement and invite them to join us. If you like the show, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you right here tomorrow. Be well.